0: Hi there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly different perspective. You know, pretty much every major breakthrough I've encountered in my hobby practice, if you will, has been the result of me sort of breaking pattern, trying something fairly radically new for me anyway. You know, a big remake of an aquarium, trying a new manipulation of the environment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Of course, the thing which you know maintains the breakthrough, well I've always had this thing about repetition and doing the same stuff over and over again in my aquarium practice. It's one of the real truisms to me about fish keeping. Once you've got in a groove in terms of husbandry routines, it's great to just do the same thing over and over again. Consistency. I've talked about this many times before. In fact, I beat the crap out of this idea fairly regularly, as you know. Now, notice I'm not talking about doing the same thing over and over when it comes to ideas. Nope. I'm of the opinion that you should do all sorts of crazy things when it comes to concepts and experiments. That's how the hobby advances. It's something that keeps it fresh, keeps it enjoyable, and inspires others. However, when it comes to maintenance, I'm all about boring, like dull. With so many other variables in play with aquariums, it simply makes sense to keep some things as stable and predictable as possible. Like if you change X liters of water every Tuesday or whatever and your tank is just cranking, I say just keep doing it. How does this stuff play into the way nature operates, though? When you you know We're always talking about nature here. Now, nature has its own rhythms. Nature has its own pace and its own processes. Its own operating system, if you will. And we do well to consider these things, right? Many of the habitats from which our fishes hail are fairly stable in terms of water chemistry. Or are they? Well, sure, lakes and major rivers and tributaries, of course. The oceans are among the most stable environments on Earth, at least in the short to medium term. Most of these habitats have conditions that are more or less constant and very little. I say most of these habitats. What about the seasonally inundated forests and floodplains, which many of us are increasingly fascinated by and are starting to model in our aquariums? Hmm. Well, they go through a lot of changes as aquatic habitats during the you know, rainy season as water levels peak and decline. They go from terrestrial to aquatic and back. With all these botanical materials, you know terrestrial plants, soils, branches, logs, leaves, etc., in the water, one would anticipate some sort of chemical changes the longer the areas are submerged, and as these materials begin to decompose. In addition to the leaching of organics, the water depth, the clarity, the tint, the dissolved oxygen levels, etc., all of them are subject to changes. And with a more or less constant influx of rain during the wet season. I would bet that there's some dilution, or at least redistribution and transformation of the physical materials within the ecosystem. Now in our aquariums, redistribution is limited by our deliberate movement of components of the hardscape, you know, wood, botanicals, rocks, etc. Much as it is in nature, the little changes that we make can mimic these dynamic processes quite easily, and the transformation? The accumulation of biofilms, the decomposition of botanical materials, the turbidity of the water, etc. All of them are the work of nature, even in the closed system of an aquarium. And one could make the argument that our water changes do indeed simulate, to some extent, the processes of rainfall and flooding. And our continuous addition, removal, and replacement of botanicals is, as many of us surmised, a pretty good replication of what happens in these systems in nature as well. Materials are continuously falling in the water and being redistributed, with ones that have been down longer decomposing and or being acted upon by the fishes and other aquatic life forms. In the confines of an aquarium, finding a rhythm that works for both us and for our fishes is the key here. I mean, sure, if you really want to follow global weather patterns and do stepped-up water exchanges and botanical additions and removals to correspond with them, more power to you, I think that would be a very cool experiment. However, for most of us, simply establishing a routine of botanical additions and replenishment is a good idea. Removing them as they decompose or leaving them in until they completely break down are both practices which form, you know, part of the management, the operating system of our aquariums. Change and consistency working together in a most interesting way. We've talked about it before, but it does just serve, you know, some further review in this light. There are streams in which botanical accumulations, particularly in banks of leaf litter, which stuff's been going on more or less the same way for many years, creating semi-permanent features in the aquatic environment. For example, in meanders, which are bends, in various Amazonian streams, some of these have been studied for some time. And some of the leaf litter beds are known to have existed for decades in the same place. The implication for this is uh, is that such leaf litter beds become habitats for generations of fishes and their offsprings. And like the tropical reefs in the ocean, they're literally an oasis of life containing both the fishes and their prey items. Now, although these are semi-permanent features in the habitat, they can vary in composition throughout the year, influenced as we discussed by seasonal inundation. And we can absolutely recreate such structures and processes in the aquarium, can't we? Continuously adding to a leaf litter bed in an aquarium is a perfect, well, near perfect replication of this process. Oh, and there's those floating leaf litter banks. have talked about those before, right? It's been postulated by researchers that the floating leaf litter banks supply the benthic community, which includes, of course, the fishes, with food and shelter, especially during the dry season when other habitats are unavailable. So how cool would it be to replicate, you know, such a system in the aquarium? And interestingly, the structural changes resulting from seasonal disintegration, decomposition of bottom, you know, litter banks and the formation of floating litter banks may also lead to the movement from the bottom to the surface, a sort of migration to offset the changes occurring in the environment at different times of the year. The fishes quite literally follow the food and shelter on a more or less constant basis. Change in consistency yet again. Now, some of these processes and transformations, when curated and or performed in the confines of the aquarium, can be a bit disruptive. On the other hand, are our fishes ecologically adapted to such continuous changes? They are. Obviously, there are numerous examples of this yin-yang sort of thing, all of which have profound and interesting implications and possibilities for hobbyists eager to attempt to replicate the functional aesthetics of such systems. The more we look at nature, the more we're, you know, we find that trying to model our aquariums aesthetically and functionally after her processes is an amazing way to go. And perhaps the key to many of the overlooked benefits for our fishes is to simply try to emulate the processes which occur seasonally in nature, embracing change and its strange yet inexorable relationship with consistency. That's nature's operating system. Our fishes have adapted to it. We should embrace it. We should incorporate it into our aquarium practices something we talked about before, yet it's something to think about, right? Stay observant, stay diligent, stay creative, stay curious, stay consistent, and stay wet. Thanks again. This is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.